0: Last week on Christmas Stories, we celebrated some of the ways little girls contribute to the holidays, and today, boys, it's your turn. Here are a few boys sharing what they love about Christmas.
1: My favorite thing about Christmas is when we celebrate Jesus' birth. One year we did a secret Santa, and I got my brother, and I got him a ornament that says, favorite brother. We could put a picture in there, but we didn't have one of him. So we still have it without a picture. Finding my elf in the morning. So I wake up, I get dressed really fast, and I go around my house. If I can't find her, I'll go down in the basement. And if she's there, I'll get really excited, come up to my mom, and sometimes even take pictures of where she's at. I also help with my own little Christmas village. I have a lot of stuff, so we have to like put them in certain spots. That way, there's room for more, and I can have room for all of them in each place. Most of the decorations are mine. I have like a bunch of village stuff, a lot of trees. I want ginormous trees. When I move out, when I'm not going to have anything, I have my own little tree in my room that I had ornaments on. And I've had it all year in my room. All the decorations are mine. My favorite Christmas memory was when I first put this star on the tree. I hope that the best Christmas happens this year.
0: Uh, It's so fun to hear how much children enjoy Christmas. I'm John Fuller, and welcome back to another episode of Season 7 of the Christmas Stories Podcast. I'm joined again by my friends and uh, colleagues, Kim Trobe. She works at Focus's Resilient Kids program. And Jesse Floria from our Clubhouse and Clubhouse Junior Magazines. Okay, so you both have sons. What are some memories you have of boys and the holidays?
2: You want me to go first? Sure.
0: (laughs) All right. Well,
2: uh... Only two boys, but they were very... Only two? That's a whole household right there. They were very good at it, yes. And uh, so when my youngest was about two, he asked for a complete cowboy set. So like pistols, holster, everything. And he was so excited when he got it, got it out of the box. And maybe 30 seconds into playing with it, he pistol whipped his older brother (laughs) and made him bleed. And so the guns went up on the top of the refrigerator (laughs) for a while until we could learn how to play nice, right? And uh, my oldest son likes to tell the story of the day that the guns came down, he was once again pistol whipped in the back of the head. And so, you know, it's gotten better. Tell us that that boy is now not leading a life of crime, that he's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Neither one of them are criminals, which is very good. Yes, and they love each other very much,
3: so that's good. good. (laughs) That's
0: good. Jesse?
3: Yeah, actually, my best memory of my son at Christmas happened before he was born uh, because my wife went into labor with our son on Christmas Day. We had just moved to Colorado, and uh, her family was visiting, and she'd made uh, the first Christmas dinner in our apartment. And... we kind of sat down to eat. You know, her mom was there helping her with the dinner. Uh, actually, her brother and I were bike riding uh, on on Christmas. Probably not my finest moment. On Christmas with... <laughs> while your wife
0: is pregnant and like, in like, labor. Yeah,
3: and like a week overdue. Yeah. Okay. So we sit down for that <laughs> it's Christmas. It's a guy
0: thing, by the way, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. <laughs> Boys and Christmas.
3: Yeah, so we sat down for the dinner, and uh, she's like, oh, this is it. And so she couldn't eat anything uh, that she had prepared so well. And so we went to the hospital later that night, and he was born on the 26th. Wow.
0: Yeah. Well, that's a fun story. I, I have to ask, Jesse, did you finish your part of the meal before you went to the hospital?
3: Wow. You're making me look bad here, no, John. No, no, no. Yes. Oh, okay. yeah, I did. pragmatically I, here. I ate a whole lot of food, and it was great. Um uh, and complimented her on her cooking, you know, and, and then, and we named our son Nathaniel, uh, okay. which actually means gift of God. Oh, that's uh, wonderful.
0: Nice. And very much in keeping with the season. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's hear from a few more of our staff members as they reflect on how they enjoyed Christmas as a boy.
4: The weirdest thing my brother and I did was flush the toilet until my parents got up every Christmas morning. and you pay. You paying the plumbing? No. Just want to open a present, you know, but... My great-grandma was the kind that would always glue, like, those little alphabet pastas on stockings and give it to you. And, and my brother and I would look at it and go, are we supposed to eat that? With the Elmer's glue, too? Is that extra flavor? And it, I appreciate it more now that I'm grown up, that somebody took time to make that. But at the time, as a
5: kid, it's like... uh
4: you gave me a Alphabet soup stocking with candy that's all glued together. It's like, what is this? I wanted a Hot Wheels car. But, you know, I, I appreciate it more now. I'd probably still eat the candy, too.
5: You know, I really liked eggnog. Thought eggnog was super great. I was very excited about eggnog season. I would drink a whole pint of it if I could. <laughs> These days, now that I'm older, it feels, what was I thinking? What was I thinking? And and really, in some ways, a lot of it does sort of revolve around those, those sweet candy type things. You know, my grandma always used to have this ribbon candy, which was disgusting, but looked absolutely fantastic. Uh, You had all these wonderful things just stuffed in your stocking on Christmas morning. Um, And just to experience that, Ted, you know, my parents, probably like a lot of parents, were pretty strict. You know, there were definitely some some rules and regulations about what you could do, what you could eat. Um, Christmas morning, there was all this candy. And (laughs) you got to eat it. Oh, and I got to tell you. So... This was a very odd thing, another, another childhood Christmas story, which I also looked forward to every Christmas from here on out. We never got any junky cereal in our house. We never had Froot Loops. We never had Cocoa Puffs, none of that. And uh, one year, there was this present that I had no idea what it was no idea i would shake it and it would rattle like crazy it felt it felt it sounded like legos but it felt way too light to be legos and so we always got to open up one present christmas eve and this was the present i was gonna open because i had no idea what it was opened it up it was a box of captain crunch it was simultaneously the worst and best Christmas Eve present you could possibly imagine. And and we have carried that tradition now throughout all the ages. I That is the one present that I looked forward to throughout my teen years. It is the one present that I made sure to give my kids. They would always get a box of their favorite junkie cereal.
6: The same that I grew up with was that Uh, Christmas Eve performance. I've talked about this, I think, before. Uh, Each kid, when I was in our family, we had to come up with a a song, a reading, or some recitation, and we had to perform for the family on Christmas Eve, and it was kind of nerve-wracking as a kid to do that. Of course, I was only in front of my siblings and my mom and dad or my grandparents if they were over, Uh, but we've done that with our boys. They practice songs you know, leading up to Christmas Eve. My wife plays on the piano or the guitar or something like that. And uh, that's been a sweet, sweet memory because now I look back on the, the the videos that we have. You know, my father sitting in his chair listening to our youngest kids perform, and my dad's gone now. And um, uh, you know, that chair isn't empty, someone else is sitting in it, but it's not my dad anymore. And uh, I'm glad that we can maintain that tradition. It's just a, a chance to hear from the kids and to hear their sweetness of their voice. And the fact that they spent time preparing for this uh, family family event.
0: I hope it's as fun for you as it is for us to revisit some of the ways that Christmas made us feel, the good ways, uh, as we grew up. Now, Jesse, you work with kids uh, vocationally. I mean, what you do is ministry to kids here through Focus. You hear stories. And uh, last time, I think you shared about some girl stories in the holidays. Do you have any boy stories?
3: You know, I do. You know, and hearing from kids is... Probably one of my favorite parts of the job because we get so many letters at Clubhouse and Club Junior. And one thing that families might not realize is that every issue of the magazine has a theme. Uh, Sometimes it's a a character theme like being honest or or being kind to your brother, not, you know, pistol whipping them. You know, right? (laughs) Things like that. Um, Or sometimes it's more spiritual like prayer. But our theme at Christmas every December is Christmas Yes, it Jesus. doesn't change. yes. and uh, and speaking of Jesus, we got a letter very recently from uh, Abram from Pennsylvania who wrote in and said, "I read your amazing magazine. It makes me feel closer to Jesus. I want to read every book in the Bible." Oh. Right? That's
0: wonderful. Yeah.
3: So we sent him uh, a Bible so he can start that plan. And again, we want kids to feel closer to Jesus at Christmas and, of course, every other month as
0: well. I'm going to let you all toot your horn a little bit here because there's probably not just any Bible you sent, but a very specific one, I'm guessing, Jesse.
3: There is. We sent Abram the Adventures and Odyssey Bible, which is in the very readable NIRV version. And so, yeah, he gets to learn a little bit about Odyssey and a lot about God.
0: All right. Well, I love that. I love that you're kind of a youth pastor in so many ways to kids across the country, around the world. And I thank you for your heart. And uh, we're going to turn now to hear from Focus on the Family president, Jim Daly, who shares a powerful reading of a story from his childhood. It's called The Christmas
7: Pajamas I Never Forgot. What's the most thoughtful Christmas present you've ever received? Technology gifts tend to top the most popular list these days. From iPhones to iPads, video games to flat screen television sets, holiday giving can be a very expensive undertaking, if you're so inclined to follow current trends. According to Gallup, the average American will spend $885 on gifts this year, and a third will shell out more than $1,000. At the risk of dating myself, Christmas gift giving looked a lot different back when I was a child. Granted, it was a long ago era in more ways than one, in the 60s. The most popular Christmas gifts under the tree included G.I. Joes, easy bake ovens, light brights, Hot Wheel cars, which I loved, and various board games. Christmas of 1968 found me desperately wanting just one thing a Los Angeles Rams football uniform, complete with pads and helmet. Oh, how I wanted that! That gift. I was 7 years old. My father had only recently abandoned our family, leaving my mother and me with my four siblings. To make ends meet, she worked as a waitress in an inexpensive restaurant. While I knew we weren't rich, I had no idea how poor we really were, at least in financial terms. What I did know is that I wanted that uniform, and I wasn't shy about telling my mom and anyone else who asked. When Christmas morning dawned, I noticed there was just one present under the tree for me. Surely it had to be that uniform. Tearing into the paper while sitting on the floor in front of the small tree and the glow of the multicolored bulbs, my heart beat a little faster when I saw the Rams logo on the clothing. But something wasn't quite right. Where was the helmet? What about the shoulder pads? It then occurred to me that what I was holding wasn't a uniform but pajamas. Rams pajamas. I paused and took a deep breath, my mind racing a million miles a minute. What would I say? Thank you, Mom, I shouted, doing my best to conceal the disappointment running through my veins. Though not the most perceptive seven-year-old, I knew enough to know that my mom had done the best she could do, and only a brat would begrudge the effort. I quickly changed into the new PJs and proudly announced that I was going outside to play football. She smiled. Once in the yard, I noticed that a friend from across the street was doing the same thing, though he wasn't wearing pajamas. He was actually wearing his new football uniform. It happened to be the Cleveland Browns. "'Check out my new uniform, Jim!' he shouted. "'Yeah, mine too!' I hollered back. "'What?' he asked incredulously. That's not a uniform. Those are pajamas. No, it's not, I responded. It's a football uniform. From the front yard, we went over to the Alhambra High School football field, where the rest of the kids were playing in their new football uniforms. I received so much grief from more kids there, one of whom pointed out that real uniforms don't have slits in the front of the pants. It's a uniform, I insisted, doing my best to maintain my composure. The rest of the day was something of a blur. The memories faded by all the years between then and now. But what's remained foremost in my mind is that I had a hard-working mother who did the very best she could do with the very little that she had. Sure, I wanted a football uniform, but she knew I needed pajamas. And besides, she could afford what I needed, not necessarily what I wanted. I think there's a great lesson in this memory, namely that the Lord will always give us what we need, but not necessarily what we want. Ours is a God of abundance, a loving Father who lacks nothing and has everything, yet He sometimes chooses a path contrary to the world's ways. He could have sent His Son to earth in any form or regal fashion, but instead He chose a lowly manger in the Middle East don't let the commercialization of Christmas or the pressures to overspend distract you from the real reason we'll all pause to celebrate Jesus' birthday. As you're wrapping and exchanging gifts, singing the songs, and feasting on the delicacies of the season, remember that Jesus' arrival as a helpless baby was the greatest present ever given in all of human history. My mother's been gone for almost 50 years now, and yet each Christmas, I think about her warm smile and that Christmas morning back in 1968. She sacrificed mightily in order to give me a gift that I've never forgotten and a gift that taught me a lesson that time will never take away. From the daily home to yours, Merry Christmas.
0: Well, it's such a privilege to have Jim Daly uh, at the helm here at Focus on the Family. And what a story about uh, that Christmas present that really stuck with him. And it's really great to hear about gifts that make for great lifelong memories. And uh, Jesse, we're going to turn a corner just a little bit here. And I wonder about uh, the men. We're talking about boys here, but the men in the Bible that uh, specifically stand out with regard to the Christmas story.
3: You know, I'm not sure if this is a weird choice or not, but I've always been amazed at Simeon. And and of course, Simeon wasn't at Jesus's birth, but he was there at the temple when Mary and Joseph brought baby Jesus there about a week later. And I love how the Bible says uh, that it was revealed to Simeon that he wouldn't die until he saw the Lord's Messiah. And the Bible doesn't say this, but I can kind of picture Simeon, you know, walking down to the temple and looking around, you know, every day wondering when's the Messiah coming? And then he goes there and sees baby Jesus and immediately knows that's the yeah, promised God Messiah. God
0: This is the one.
3: And he runs over and grabs the baby. And I almost picture it like a Lion King moment. He's holding baby Jesus in the air <laughs> saying, you know, now my eyes have seen your salvation. I, I don't know if it happened that way, uh, but that's what I kind of picture. And uh, But just seeing the confidence and the trust in God's word that Simeon had, uh,
2: that really inspires
0: me. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. How about you, Kim?
2: You know, for me, it's Joseph, because when he found out about Mary, um, he didn't just immediately... Jump to conclusions. He he took care of her. He wanted to take care of her, even if he was going to put her away quietly. Yeah, some th- there's so much there, say, right? I mean, he could there. have gone to yeah.
0: a to a "Oops, you made a mistake, <laughs> Mary," and so I'm going to divorce you quietly or yes. put you aside quietly.
2: Yes, but he was just so teachable mm. by the Holy Spirit, right? Mm. And um, throughout that whole thing, as I read it, I realized that I really married. A Joseph. Gary, my husband, is very much loving and tender hearted. And um, so I really relate to Joseph in that situation because, in that time, I think there could have been, uh, for men especially, Really, a lot of anger and um, uh, hurting of her, right? And he didn't. He actually upheld her and gave her dignity, and he believed what was being told to him by the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And I I just love his part in all of it.
0: We don't get to really peek under the hood, if you will, at who uh, who Joseph really was uh, in in the fullness of his uh, his walk on this earth. But he was a man of great strength. and grace, and yeah, mm-hmm. an open-hearted man, yeah. for the very unexpected way his life unfolded. Yeah. It
2: reminds me of fathers who meet a woman who already has children, mm-hmm. and but they're a stepfather who takes those kids on and loves them as if as if they were their own, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that is such a powerful thing in the lives of kids. Yeah.
0: Well, I appreciate so much the heart that you two have brought to this episode and, uh, you know, Advent coming up this Sunday, uh, December 3rd. We want to help you celebrate as we have a weekly devotional you can sign up for and the themes for each week uh, coming up will be hope and faith and joy and peace. And we'll link over to a page in the show notes where you can sign up to get that weekly devotional. And for a great resource to teach your kids about Advent, we have a book by Josh and Christy Straub. It's called 25 Days of the Christmas Story, an Advent Family Experience. Uh, If you have a smaller child or you know someone in church or in the neighborhood who has a younger child, this is a perfect gift. And we're making it available for a donation of any amount to the ministry of Focus on the Family today. Uh, You can sign up to be a monthly supporter or make a one-time gift either way. Uh, Join the support team and we'll send that book, 25 Days of the Christmas Story, An Advent Family Experience, to you. You'll find all the details in the show notes. Next time we'll talk about how being a parent can help rekindle a childlike faith in you. For now, on behalf of Kim and Jesse and our entire team, I'm John Fuller and thanks for listening to the Christmas Stories podcast.
7: God wants true disciples, ones that think like Him, talk like Him, walk like Him. Disciples that bring shalom to the chaos of this world. Pursue that path with the RVL Discipleship series. Bible scholar Ray Vanderlaan will give you the tools to understand the Bible more deeply and inspire you to be a passionate follower of Christ. Watch the first episode at rvldiscipleship.com.